Hello and welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Young Adult Christian Podcast. I am your host, Joseph Dronick. I'm glad you all are here today. Um, joining me in just a moment will be Dylan Morris. And uh, today we will be finishing the book of Ephesians. Last week we did the first three chapters, half the book, uh, and we discussed what their intentions were. We tried our best to give the context. And when Dylan will just be on in a second. When he comes on, we're going to go into verses, I mean, chapters four, and then read the whole thing until the end. I just want to say um, I apologize for the change in scheduling tonight. There were just some personal matters that needed to change, and I needed to move some stuff around. So we had to change this show around a little bit. We will have the Sunday talk this Sunday at 6 p.m. That's our normal time. So anyone who will wants to come for the Sunday talk, normal time, there shouldn't be any changes there. And the following week, we should have another something special planned. I'm not going to go spoil it right now, but we're really excited to go into this. I'm excited about it. Dylan's excited about it. And Dylan, he's finally on. So Dylan, how are you doing today, man? Doing good. How about you? I'm pretty close to fantastic. So um, I was just letting them know that what our plans are, why things had to change this week in terms of scheduling, and the Sunday talk will be held at the normal time. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say, do you want to give a little recap of last week on the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters? Actually, I still need to do a review on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I need to because I was so focused on the last three that you forgot. So basically, the summary of the book of Ephesians is that this is to the church at Ephesus, which was in the middle of a pagan landscape. It was in it was art it was in Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey. It was an intersection of major major trade routes, and they had a, a temple to the Roman goddess Diana. In uh, Greek, that would be Artemis. So he made it. So when Paul wrote this letter to the church, it's very clear that evangelism was essential. To remain unified in, in, in Christ was essential. And what we gather from the first three chapters was that Paul, despite everything being against this church, was incredibly proud of this church. This was a flourishing church in a dying land. So, um, yeah, that's the oversimplification of the book of Ephesians. Uh, Dylan, is there anything you'd want to add to that? You pretty much summed it up per perfectly. All right. So um, do you want to get started on the study for tonight? Sure. All right. I just want to add in, when I read, I'm reading out of the NASB, Dylan's reading out of the CSB. That's so if you hear slight differences between the language, that's why I'm okay with that translation. It's a sound translation. My go-to is the NAS. So I just want to let that out straight out. But I encourage you, if you have your Bibles out, please read along with us. So Dylan, I'm going to read four and five and you're going to finish this out with chapter six. Cool. All right. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being vigilant to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is no one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all in all. But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a captive, uh, he led a captive, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he, he ascended, what does it mean that except he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? 
He who descended is himself also who he who ascended far above all heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for equipping of the saints for the work of service to, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and thereby waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, some craftiness in deceitful scheming, but the speaking of truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the, the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you will walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the fullness and the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality, for the, for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that, the, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you can be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on a new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth to each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must labor must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So we see this is a very dense chapter. There's layers to it because we have the layer of unity in Christ and unity in the church. And we said that multiple times that me and Dylan are huge advocates for the local church and being part of a local church is so important to the walk with Christ. And well, here we go. We, we need to be with one another. We need to lead by that example. We need to edify each other. We need to we need to walk in a way that is pleasing to Christ. We need to walk in a way that lets the world know that we are saved. I say this all the time. When you are become saved and you are a true, genuine believer in Jesus Christ, you cannot be the same person you once were. And I've told people this. I've listened to testimonies of people. I myself are part of this. And if you listen to our first podcast, I think it was number the fifth thing that every new Christian should know on our first episode, I forgot where it was on the list, but it's on there, that you will not be the same. I'm going to elaborate on that and say, when you try to do some of the same things, when you try to talk like you used to, when you try to partake in some of the same content that you used to, when you, you, when you hang out even with certain people, something's just not going to be right. You're not going to be able to explain it at first, but that's the holy, that's grieving the Holy Spirit that's now living inside you. 
you know you shouldn't be there. You know this isn't a manner fitting to those who have been saved by Christ. Therefore, like over time and in maturity, you learn to walk away. You learn to put away the old and you learn what the new man is, who the new man is, and you can put him on. So, Dylan, do you have anything to add for chapter four? Yes. Uh, for the first section where it talks about the unity and, and diversity in, in the body of Christ, I would like to add that that ultimately in this section is highlighting humility, gentleness, and patience. That that they, those three are absolutely essential for unity to be maintained with, within the body of Christ. Also, the uh, we as believers have the have the responsibility to keep that unity, and that the seven ones in these verses being uh, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. They they constitute the, the foundational on which God creates the, the, the oneness in the church. And I have more to add, but I know I lost my train of thought. Uh, what's new with me? <laughs> That's a habit with both of us, man. Yeah. <laughs> On an unveiled unveiled victory says good evening. Good evening to you. We're happy that you uh, that you joined us tonight. Uh, stick st stick around and uh, as we go through the book of Ephesians some more. Oh, it's Landon. He changed his username. Oh, that threw me through a loop. Oh man, I'm so embarrassed. I'll I'll be <laughs> sure to edit that part out. <laughs> Wow, so, wow. yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know that, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, so uh, I'm just giving you a hard time, <laughs> like always. But um, do you have anything? <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else that you want to add on? Well, add, adding on to what to what uh, you said, as far as uh, verse 15, speaking the truth in love. When a when a church is faithful to to speak truth in love, it will have a transparent relationship where people edify and benefit one another. Because lies don't, don't benefit anybody. They only hurt, hurt people even if they sound good. But truth, whether it sounds good or bad, is always, it's always going to boost whatever up. It's going to ed edify and benefit each other. Exactly. I I'm not sure, always... not really sure if I worded that right, but I put it as best as I could. <laughs> no, I think you worded it perfectly. I tell you the truth, we the friend you want is the friend that'll look you in the face and say, dude, you're being an idiot. <laughs> That's the kind of friend you want to have. Yeah. Cause if someone's willing to look you in the eye and say that nowadays, exactly. But if someone's willing to look you in the eyes and say that, you know, they have your best interest at heart. There's no doubt about that. So, um, anything else, or should we move on to chapter five? We can move on to chapter five. If I come come across something else in chapter four, I'll, I'll most likely just say that in the process of of saying what I thought about chapter five. Hey, better late than never, man. Exactly. All right, <laughs> all right. So, chapter five. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children excuse me, and walk in love just as Christ has also also loved you and gave himself up for us, offering a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as this as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which all are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this, you know with certainty, no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience." 
Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now are in the light of, are, now are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of life consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things have become visible when they are exposed by light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You guys, my dog's barking. Can you hear my dog? Because if you can, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> All right. She seems to have stopped. So then do not. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen again soon. She loves to bark. So I stopped at verse 17, so I'm reading 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that, for that is dispa, dis, dispa, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is also the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be their husbands in the evening. Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present himself, the church, in all her glory, having no spot or, or wrinkle or such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless." So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For one never hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Okay, so we do, we have another very dense chapter here. We see that we are, it's kind of, what's the, what's the word here? It kind of meshes together with the ending of ver of chapter four, where it says, do not grieve the Holy spirit by whom you have sealed you for redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor slander put away where it now it tells us, okay, this is what, this is how we ought to walk. This is how followers of Christ who know they are forgiven act. And then, and then he also says, expose evil, speak it out. And, Dylan, we've said this on multiple shows here, both me and you, for instance, here, there's more than one example here, but this is just the one I'm using. We have both admitted that the prosperity gospel is a damnable heresy. We did a whole show dedicated to it. We expose this great evil in the church. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that's Paul's, if that's what Paul's talking about. There's probably other sins, but this is a great evil in the church today that we should expose, we should bring to the light. Mm -hmm. And then it says, but to one another, again, like greet each other with love, sing songs, make melodious noises to the Lord and be subject to one another. 
And when we're like, when we're becoming more like Christ, Christ didn't come to, to pillage and conquer and to be served. He came to serve and he served in the ultimate sense of dying on the cross for our sins. And then in the later verses, we see that the imagery of the wedding, which is a very common imagery throughout all scripture. And I want to say something. Most people outside the church, when they hear married to Christ, they have spoken like of that and think of that in a sexual context, but it's really not like that. It's in more in a way becoming one with Christ, becoming one with each other. The love and granted me and Dylan aren't married. Landon is so he, he could, he probably understands this better than we do. That connection that you have with your wife and then multiply that by a billion and that's Christ with the church. So it just shows how much, how much Christ loved us to die for us is really just a monicum of how, no, no, let me phrase that. How much a husband should love his wife, especially a husband in Christ is a picture of the gospel but it's really only a monochrome of how much Christ loved the church. And that's the same way with everything. We can love people like Jesus. We can speak truth in love, but it's only going to be a really tiny fraction of the love that Christ has for us. So D- Dylan, do you have anything you want to add to that? Stuck out was uh, ver- verse one for me. And, and, and this is uh, pretty much where, where you, uh, I, I guess you you could say attached it to to uh, the ending of chapter four. Uh, what I got from that is believers are challenged to be imitators of God. Previously, they had been urged to learn about Christ and not to grieve the Spirit, and that they cannot imitate God in power, knowledge, or presence, because He is all powerful, all all knowing, and all, um, omni. What is the word I'm looking for? Omniscient. Omnipresent. I, there, omnipresent. There Wait, omniscient or omnipresent? Aren't they the same thing? <laughs> no, omniscient is all-knowing, isn't it? No, omniscience, all-knowing, omnipresent means every, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, omnipresent is, is what, what I was going for. Okay, yeah. Okay. But uh, they can they can imitate him in self-sacrifice and forgiveness. But uh, that was first. Uh, let's see. Seems to me like it, like everything else that uh, is pop, popping out on me is a uh, pretty much been, been hit on the nail by, by you already. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, man. I I, fe- I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now that I think about it, I don't I don't think that you addressed this actually. But in verses 26 to 27, there water. In, at least in my version, anyway. Uh, to me, that, that kind of sounds that kind of sounds like Paul, Paul is explaining more fully the result of Christ's atonement for the church, and that the purpose of Christ giving Himself up for the church is a tr- church's sanctification and, and cl- cleansing. So I think you may have hinted at it, but I don't think you exactly hit that. I think I think where you no, are, I covered it generally. Okay. That's probably why I didn't catch it then. <laughs> but yeah, you can elaborate elaborate on it, man. That, that's pretty. That's pretty much what uh, my elaboration of it. <laughs> I see. I see. But literally everything else you hit, you hit right. You know what? <laughs> that's why um, you can. You're gonna read chapter six. And um, yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna sit. I'm not gonna say anything. And you're probably gonna speak everything. I'm gonna speak anyway. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wait, Landon just wrote something. In verse eight, 
Jesus has suffered the darkness and, uh, and has birthed us into the light of the Lord. We now walk not as slaves to our, our dark past, but as children who can see clearly for the first time. We know that we, parentheses, just as many of the disciples, haven't arrived at the full revelation of what we will be, but I will not be fooled again into thinking that God is judging me on the basis of my works and effort. Very, very true. I, I agree on that. <laughs> So, uh, Dylan, are you ready to go into verse, uh, into the, I'm sorry, man. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Live that way for a long time. Of what chapter? <laughs> the verse six of, <laughs> of, yeah, this was just one verse. It's the longest verse in the Bible. Live that way for a long time. That's what Landon just wrote. I think we all have at some Same point. Yep. Yeah. I think, um, I think some of us are either just coming out. Or we're, or we're still okay. I think most people that I know are just coming out of that thought process, if not realizing that's not true. I'm I'm one of those that are still trying to come out. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I think I'm about ninety nine percent out of that because I do slip into that thought process sometimes, but it's not as frequent as it used to be. Yeah, for me, I, I think it's much closer to about 50 for me. You know what? You'll get there someday, man. Like, we just yeah. need to stay in his word, stay in prayer. But um, if you're ready to read chapter 6, I'm all ready. Okay, here we go, then. <sighs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children of the Lord. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling, and the spirit of your heart as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people. Knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves the same way, without threatening them, because you know that both their masters is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist an evil day, and having prepared everything, to take your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and an intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak that about, about Will tell you all the will tell you all the news about me, so that you may be informed. I am sending him to you for this very reason. So let your so let to let you know how we are and to encourage your hearts. Peace to the brothers and sisters in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, first thing that is always the number one thing that sticks out to me about chapter six is always the the, the armor of God. Possibly the the, the uh, main thing that's so popular about Ephesians, if I'm honest, at least with me. Can't speak about everything else, but it always reminds me that if, even though we are called to to be at, maybe this this is definitely going to be the wrong wording, but I can't think of really a, be a better way to put it. 
even though we are called to be peaceful, we are always at war because we are always at war with ourselves. Being good for good versus bad, the, the Christ in us, that's a that's a bad word, let me rephrase that. The follower of Christ that is in us battling against the old flesh that once was. Because, well, the devil the devil is still in the, in this world and I think Joe could be able to explain it better. So try Joe. Uh, no, you don't want to. You don't want to finish, man. Yeah, you've had a long day, but um, you sure you don't want to yeah. try to finish it? Well, well that's the number one. All right, if you say, right, it, it's all right, man. Um, well, I do agree that the armor of God is probably the most famous analogy given to us in the in the book of Ephesians. It's probably what the book is known for. It's probably, yeah, it's probably this one little section that this book is most known for. So I just want to say, um, when it mentions the full armor of God and stand firm against the schemes of evil, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world, the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Excuse me. We know that our battle is primarily a spiritual battle. It's a battle for our own souls. So therefore, and we're dealing with forces that are far above us. It's not, and when people talk about this, they're mostly talking about things like the, the enemy or things like that. But it's also really, if you look at it, against the powers, against the world forces, against the rulers, it's very much also matters of the heart and of the mind. Our enemies are just as much the ideas as they are the people behind them. I.e., we live in the United States, and both gay marriage and abortion are not just on the table, but praised. And among many other things, but those are arguably the two, um, at least most popular debates, and they're even infiltrating the church. So therefore, Paul's telling us to be guarded up, to be in, encamped with God, that we will not be deceived by this. And I just want to say the only thing that's aggressive in the armor of God, it mentions the word of God. Now, I personally do not believe that you can rebuke demons in the name of Jesus. I do not believe that. And like I said, because the sword isn't your words. It's the sword of the word of God. The, our, our weapon is God's inspired holy word. So I just want people to hold on to that because the enemy isn't like you see in movies like Insidious or The Conjuring. He's not trying to scare you. He's trying to get you to disobey the word of God or try to in the book of like you see in Genesis, in Genesis chapter three, when he tries to make it seem like there's a loophole of some kind, he's going to mix it in with a little bit of truth. Every believable lie isn't, let me rephrase this. Dylan, if I was going to lie to you, if I was going to say we didn't start the show tonight, I, let's say I was just lazy, I overslept, and I said, you know, we're going to start the show later because, I, because there was traffic. That's what I would say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a Tyrannosaurus Rex stepped on my car and I was stranded for three hours. And then I had to fight this off with a stick. No smart person's going to lie like that. The enemy knows the Bible just as much as we do, if not more. But he knows how to twist it. So like I said, if you are firmly rooted with what it says, you will not be deceived. So I believe that the armor is, is definitely a protective thing. And I think these principalities are, men are mental things and ideas as well as being spiritual forces. Very much better than, than what I could have said. I did I did I rap when I say this said that because I had to catch my breath. 
a lot. And you were going a little bit fast, but I wouldn't say that you were a rep. So pretty much you were, you were doing good. There's just a little bit room for improvement. I got, I got you. And, um, but, but yeah, much better than, than how, how I could have put it because my mind is just not even having it right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what, but... I just focus on you know, because I haven't had a day since Saturday or since Friday, actually. Dude, you know what, guys? Everyone listening right now, Let's pray that after this, Dylan gets a good night's sleep. Because if you ask me, I think he's in desperate need of a good night's sleep. Um, so I just want to draw your attention to the role of slaves and I know that could be an area of contention a lot with some people don't know this. The slaves mentioned throughout the Bible are not like the slave trade in the set in the, in the, in the Americans, in the Americas. <laughs> it, it wasn't like that. It was much more of indentured servants than it was of that kind of slavery. It was more like if you had a friend that was going bankrupt and they were going to lose everything, you could take them in as a slave, but you had to respect them. You couldn't treat them the way the plantation owners treated their slaves in America. You had to, like Paul said, you had to take care of them. And he mentioned the fact that take care of them because your master is the highest there is. So, uh, so then we, we could go down the rabbit hole of apologetics. Human value can only come from an, if you're made in the image of God. We're not going to get into that. That's another show in of itself. I just want to say that when you read that and you see the word slave, don't, don't get in a tizzy. Just realize that the context is much more of indentured servitude than it is of slavery. <laughs> I think that's the first time I ever used the words have a tizzy. That's never come out of my mouth before, and it's so weird that I, of all the ways I could have said it, that's that's what I chose. It's so weird. Uh, well, I think that's probably <laughs> coming out of you, by you in Florida. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and and all um, so actually, you is adapting to Southern culture in all reality, considering the language we use out here. <laughs> I I never it's like you are time because you're from the north and not from the south. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm becoming more and more like you, and it's and it's sad because you know I I was born in New York, man. Like I I should be talking like this, eating pizza, all that fun stuff. But instead, I'm here in the state where people move to die. But. <laughs> 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 All right, bring it back. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say on this? Uh, this, there, there was, but eh, I, I can't even find it. Because I was literally just looking at it, and all of a sudden it just went away from me. By the way, what's your stances on the opening versus um, sorry, my glasses hit the uh, hit the microphone, versus one through eight, where it's very where it deals with uh, fa fathers and how they should rate train up their children. Do you have anything you want to say on that? Well, now that you say that, that's that's actually where I was wanting to go go with with it because I didn't hear you really say anything about the children's parents. All I heard was armor of God and then and then slavery versus indentured servitude, and they're they're using it in the Bible. But uh, right. Uh, that that but yeah, that's where I was going going with it. Uh, verse four, which states in in my in my uh, translation, the CSB says. Don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 
ultimately, the meaning that I got from that was that parents have the responsibility both to discipline and to instruct their children. And uh, Poland indicated that fathers are to take the lead in this responsibility. Parents are not to stir up anger in their children, and that discipline is not to be arbitrary or something done out of anger. If it's done out of anger, then it's done with wrong right. intentions. And it's going to lead to the wrong Right, purpose. right. Right. It's weird because when you discipline someone, a, a child, and I just want to add in, me and Dylan don't have children, but um, when you do discipline someone, I, I worked, you, you know, I'm going to use this. I worked in, well, I don't, well, I, I don't think I do, but. um, <laughs> I, I do. They're, they're just simply two fur babies. So okay, we that's we don't have bi biological. No, it's not relatable. Yes, you love your dogs. I love my dog, but there, this isn't the context we're talking about. But um, it's kind of weird because when you do discipline a child, and I worked, I worked in the schools, so I know what it's like to discipline a kid. And there are some kids that you know could really get under your skin. But it's so weird. It's like, okay, I have to correct you. I have to scold you. But I'm on your side. And um, tell you the truth, I don't think that's something that most children realize, that you're on their side when you do this until they get older. I didn't realize when I was disciplined as a child that at the end of the day, my parents were on my side. That's something you know you still struggle with. And granted, maybe some of their... I mean, I didn't. I don't really agree with some of the things they, the way they handle things. But I, I, I don't hold that against them. But Same. at the end of the day, they had my best interest in mind. So I think that's what one of the things that Paul's getting at. And I just want to add in: Do you think discipline in that sense? And I don't know the Greek word used here. Do you think the discipline used here is just that—the disciplining of a child? Or instead, the same way you would say an athlete is disciplined? Hey, good question. I, I think personally, it is a, a, dif a difference between the two because if you think about it, athletes, their, their discipline is pretty much the workout. They have to go through pain in order to get the strength and, and everything. I mean, I'm not an athlete, so I don't know everything that goes into it. But last time I checked, they weren't exactly whipped and things of that nature they weren't exactly scolded in in, in that kind of degree as far as you're, you're not doing this right and this is the correct way and top 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 of ordeal well could i elaborate on that that's what the that's what the children did right can i elaborate on that when my brain is half asleep so go ahead no 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 it, it's cool um the discipline is a lot more than just the workout for the athlete it's very much of what what they eat what time they wake up, getting up at, um, example, Dylan, you know, I'm a, I'm a football fan. I'm a base, I'm a baseball fan too. go Yankees. They finally came back today. And actually they came back a few days ago, but they're playing tomorrow. So you, these athletes, they have to wake up at like five in the morning to train. They have to have scheduled meals throughout the day. They give up huge portions of their life for months at a time, just to train. And as a matter of fact, even if they were to go on vacation, they have to train and maintain that discipline while they're on vacation. Tom Brady, who is I don't I don't like this man because you know my stance on the New England Patriots. His vacation home. As long as you don't hate him, that's all. That's it's all right. I dislike what he stands for, but <laughs> he his <laughs> vacation home and his vacation fridge has a gym and has all the healthy foods that he's eating at home. So even when he's on vacation and resting, this guy's preparing to play a game. But uh, I think we could go down a rabbit hole here that's just not right for this. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know the Greek word used. It could, it, it's more than likely for children, but I just like to poke and prod. You know me. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that you want to add in? Did you remember what it was for chapter four while we're here? 
I I couldn't tell you at all. Oh my! I even, I even went through my CSV study study notes and it, it didn't even help remind me. <laughs> hey, it's cool. But I um, guess God said it wasn't important enough to put on the podcast. I guess I guess so. But you know what? If it comes back to you, we can men- mention that. So we have now concluded this uh, two-part study of the book of Ephesians. So Dylan, what are your closing thoughts on this study of Ephesians? Uh, you a little bit better if you hadn't asked me that question. But... Ultimately, it started off being encouraged by, by the fact that uh, this church was flourishing in, a, in the midst of a pagan land and everything. And in the end, it was encouraging them to more or less continue and pretty much hear some advice to help you continue and give them commands to help them better themselves, and especially in their walk with Christ. Most likely I worded that wrong once again, so... <laughs> man, I thought it was... Money, thought, my brain is still I, half asleep. I thought you did great, <laughs> man. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, as a matter of fact, um, you hit the nail on the head for me. <laughs> me. Hey, dude, don't don't sell yourself short. But yeah, I do agree. This was a church that didn't really need much correcting. It needed, if anything, just to learn a little more. It needed encouragement, and it needed, and it and it needed affirmation and as and then it just kept saying look keep doing what you're doing here's why here and here's how um especially the armor of god mentioning that when they're in this when literally they're being attacked on all sides So that's my uh, closing remark on the book of Ephesians. And uh, I actually enjoyed this. Um, Dylan, definitely down the road, we need to look into another book we can uh, go through on this show. Repeat that again. I, uh, I enjoyed this study, and I think me and you should, should definitely look through another book on this show sometime. Uh, definitely another one of Paul's epistles, or an epistle, period. Yeah. I got you. All right. <laughs> All right. So, on that note, we're going to conclude. Uh, Dylan, would you mind praying us out? I can seriously try my best. Awake enough to oh, I, I, pray us out. <laughs> dude, I got to do this. You're not going to get it, but I'm pretty sure other listeners are. Do or do not. There is no try. Yoda from Star Wars. <laughs> Alright, pray us out, man. I'm sorry. I just had I had to do that. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I just, I just didn't hear, hear what you said, so my audio. Is yeah, that, that's probably. Right <laughs> yeah, that's probably for the better. I did a, a Yoda impression when he said, uh, "Do or do not." There is no try. You, it's a movie you've never seen, so I probably shouldn't have done it, but I couldn't resist. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So Mike's Mike's all yours, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to trying to fix my phone to 
to where it hopefully won't go out. <laughs> You're doing good right now. Okay. Okay, good. And just a, just a heads up, this prayer is going to be really short and simple because once again, my brain is not in, not in the position for for this right now. Don't worry about really it, man. I would have taken a nap after work. Don't worry about it, man. All right. <laughs> All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank, we thank you for this time that we've had together to study your, your word in the book of Ephesians. I, I pray that we can make Ephesians come, come to our own, be applied to our own lives and that the, our, our modern day church would, would come, come back to you and not, not be in such a mess of, of worldly desires, God. I pray that we can be an encouragement to, to each other in that as individuals or even as as a church all spiritual battles, whether together or on an individual basis, and have the strength to get back up in the morning and start started fresh again. We all fall down at, at times it's, it's just a matter it's just whether we get back up or not that, that counts. I pray that we all have the strength to get back up and, and continue fighting the good fight. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Oh, and, uh, Dil um, Landon asked for prayers that he could. Um, he's gonna start his first his ministry, his first set of Instagram videos. Um, add if, of course, man. I'll I'll add you, man. Unveiled victory. I'll add you the moment I get off. And uh, a friend of mine, brother in Christ, Rob. He's on right now. God bless you too, brother. Thanks for joining um dylan i just want to say thank you again for being just <laughs> just an amazing partner in this man i couldn't do this without you so god bless you man thank you so um on that note i just want to say thank you guys again uh, join us again on Sunday for our Sunday talk. That will be at six o'clock Eastern time, usual time. And join us again on Thursday at seven o'clock Eastern time for our, for our, uh, what's it called? Topical discussion. This has been the young adult Christian podcast. Hope you have a good guy. Good one guys. Take care. <laughs>